Please listen carefully. Do a part two, two of Coach Fox. Um, there's a lot to catch up on, a lot of changes since part one. I forget when we did part one. It was, I think it was January 1st. Was it really? I think so, because we had just done the baseline workout. Oh, wow. So okay. I, that was 1 1. All right, so seven months ago, yeah. almost to the day. So we have to clarify some things because in the first one, we were talking about. Your breakfast routine. My breakfast routine, yes. And if anyone listened to that podcast, it would seem like <laughs> you only ate bananas. Yes. So I but choked. That's not true. I choked under pressure with the question because right. I wasn't prepared for anything. And really, I don't even. I mean, I don't have that many bananas. I made it sound like I eat a banana every single day. Every day, yes. Um, which I don't. Um, and when I do have a banana, I usually don't even have the whole thing. I'll eat like half of it. But. <laughs> My breakfast usually consists of eggs with vegetables, and I don't know where the banana just came from. I just kind of blurted it out, but I'm going to clarify, I don't eat that many bananas. Okay. Um, but I'll, we will have a banana um, sometimes in the morning if I'm going to work out. Um, but because it's quick. Because it's quick. Some sugar, some energy real quick. Right. Some carbs. But, but normally? Usually, um, I'll have like an egg scramble with some, my go-to is throwing like spinach or kale or something like that just to get some greens in early in the day. So that's my, that's my go-to breakfast. What's your overall um, nutrition strategy outlook? Uh, I try to just be clean. I'm not super crazy about it. Um, Do you weigh a measure? I don't. I, I did at one point. Mm -hmm. um, it's too much. I don't. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, yeah. yeah. So um, I just, I prep stuff in advance, try to just make it clean. And, you know, when I'm working out, try to time, like, some good carbs around workouts. Basically, that's my what is, overall. What does that mean? Like my banana. <laughs> or <laughs> some sweet potatoes, um, stuff like that. Okay. Um, for some energy. Now, we're gonna we're gonna redo a headshot today. We are. Um, because you've leaned out a good amount from, from from being here. Yeah. Right. So we did that. And original. I didn't really know you before, really before mm -hmm. you being here. Right. We you obviously dropped in once and whatnot. Um, but where, where did that change all come from? It came from, um, we did it, when I joined here, um, pretty early on we did a nutrition challenge. I forget, it yeah. might have been, maybe it was September of last year. It was fall. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was the fall summer. challenge. Maybe September or October. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go pretty serious with this. And I was strict for the entire time. And the biggest change I made in my diet was cutting out dairy because mm. um, I was eating a lot. I was putting a lot of cheese on my eggs. And then I cut that out. I cut out um, yogurts and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made the difference. Other than that, it was just the same. Like, everything else was just, he was eating clean the way I always did. Um, but cutting out the dairy seemed to make a big impact on me. So you weren't having, like, all this bread and pasta and, like, carbon up? Nah. Because that's what you see the games athletes doing. And you're like, I got to have 400 grams of carbs no. a day, right? I'm not, um, I'm not a big bread person. And you cut that back, and that's why you leaned out. No, was... I wasn't even eating that to begin with. Right. Um, I'm not a big bread person. Um, and I'm 100% Italian, but I don't even care for pasta. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll do like, you know, vegetable noodles or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, no, it, it was really the dairy seemed to make a big difference. That was the only change I made. Wow. 
It's crazy. Cheese, anything else? Do you, milk? Cheese, and I, I'll do like almond milk okay. if I do milk. But before? Before, um, I was having regular. Oh, you were? I was, okay. yeah, here and there. Not too much, but it was, it was mostly cheese. Cheese was a big thing. What did you see numbers-wise from that um, challenge? From that challenge, I think my weight went down maybe five pounds or so. Um, body fat percentage went, I think, maybe like 4% down in that that's first challenge. Yeah. For a month? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a good amount. So, that's pretty cool. And from the dairy, that's, yeah. So we, we, we do see that. I mean, um, you know, for a lot of people, they're taking out dairy, they're taking out gluten or gluten-like type things like wheat and bran and oats and all this stuff. Um, but for you, it's primarily dairy. Yep. Yeah. And I all stuck right. with it, so it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Occasional ice cream for a treat because right. I love ice cream. If you know me, you know that. But um, yeah, that's it. Favorite flavor? I'm boring. I like vanilla soft serve, custard, because it's nice and custard. creamy. Yeah, so you got to go to like Rita's or like a place that actually has custard, because wow. not surf, soft serve is not custard. So if you go out for ice cream, do you go to Rita's? No, I'll go to somewhere that has soft serve, anywhere, okay. but not Which, necessarily. Where's your go-to place? Uh, I don't even have a go-to. I kind of switched it you up. You don't really have ice cream places up by you. No, there's nothing good. There's like a Dairy Queen down the street. So like that's, right. that's what we got. Yeah. And like half the time they're like out of ice cream because it's the worst Dairy Queen ever. Lame. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe you should get in the ice cream biz. It's a good idea. Uh, all right. So what else about your, anything else about your routine that you remember From, was different? No, I don't think anything's changed. So my waking up habits are the same mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, set my stuff out early in the morning. I like to plan what I'm wearing, um, mm -hmm. you know, coordinate my outfits, my shoes and my shorts to match, things like that. Right. Um, so I lay it out before I go to bed. Um, the biggest change now was probably most of the time when we did our first interview, I was getting up to work out in the morning. Yeah. And now most days I'm getting up to coach in the morning because I'm doing a lot more coaching these days. And why is that? Because I'm now here full time. And so some people, uh, some of our members are still learning this. Yes. Some people are just Jill, finding out. <laughs> yeah, Jill was wondering why you were here in the middle of the day. <laughs> She's like, she, you're coaching noon today, are you off? She asked if you were off. Like, actually, I'm working. Um, yeah, and this isn't something that we've, like, blown up on social media or anything. Um, you know, I feel like in a lot of CrossFit gyms, yoga studios, you know, these micro gyms, a lot of the, the coaches are part-time. Like, they have a, some day gig, and then they do this because they really love it. Mm -hmm. um, but we really want to make professional coaches here who study the craft of coaching and helping people and there's a lot to, to learn, right? I mean, we're drawing from different disciplines, gymnastics and running and rowing and weightlifting and so there's a lifetime of knowledge to be learned, right? Mm -hmm. um, nutrition, obviously. So talk about that. Talk about the transition, okay. what you're, kind of from your side of things. Yeah, so I mean, Previously, before I was here full-time, I was um, getting up in the morning. Sometimes, some days I would coach in the morning, and then I would go to work all day at my other full-time job, and I would come back at night. And usually, if I coached in the morning, I was working out at night and just kind of doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. so once in a while, it was like coaching both. Um, um, but now, it's you know I'm getting up coaching most mornings, and I'm, I get to stay here all day. So the worst part before was I would love to come coach, and then I did, you know, 5.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m., and I was like, oh, now i got to go get changed and look nicer and go to a job <laughs> instead of the desk for eight hours, which, you know, was my job. And then I was, I was always excited to come back at night. 
But like I was like, if I could just stay here all day, how great would that be? Mm -hmm. um, and we would and, have staff meetings. And yeah, we would have after the six thirty. And yeah. you would you we actually think, managed to like figure out your schedule to stay for the staff meeting. Yeah, so originally I would have to like leave the our staff meeting on Wednesdays early um, every week just because I had to get to work on time. And then I was able to talk to my boss and tweak my schedule a little bit so that I could stay for the whole staff meeting. So at least I was here for that, um, which was nice. And now now I don't have to leave or get changed or anything because now I'm here. Um, so it's been it's been great. How did that all come about? Um, you know, we did we were kind of talking about what our perfect day would look like and I had written down that my perfect day would be doing something in this industry full time because I just love it so much, it's my passion. Um, and it just kinda kinda grew from there on how we can make that make that perfect day happen. When you were growing up, did you ever think that you would be in the fitness space as your full time profession? No, no. I actually always wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. Um, I wanted to teach, um, but probably more of like a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm coaching, which is teaching, which is just kind of like, in a way, similar, but different, different setting. Yep. So. Yeah, I definitely do consider us teachers mm -hmm. of movement right? right? Uh, and nutrition. So you wanted to become a teacher, but you didn't go to school for education. No, I originally, like I wanted to be a teacher, and then when I was in high school, you have to pick a major, and I don't know why I didn't really pick education. Um, I just kind of was like, well, what, what can I do to make, that's actually going to make decent money? And I was like, oh, business. Well, what in business, what in line of business, could I, you know, what concentration can I study there? And I just kind of just went with business and made that my career choice. So you went in from like a practical standpoint right. of making money. Got it. Uh, talk about, so, you know, there's a bunch of people, you know, I think, you know, number one, um, this idea like of entrepreneurship or like doing your thing is kind of glamorized, mm -hmm. which, you know, on one hand, I, I get I get it because the idea of doing what you want is, is attractive. Um, but at the same time, it, there's risk, there's, um, you know, uh, not everyone is cut out for it. Um, and so this isn't, you know, necessarily starting your own business, but it is a major life change. Right. And so I think there's a lot of people out there who are wondering or you know thinking like, is there something else out there? I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to do it. Basically, I think there's a lot of people that are unhappy with their current situation, but they're not quite sure if they should make a leap or if they shouldn't, um, what it would be mm -hmm. if, if, if they want to. So maybe talk about that. Like if you're talking with someone who maybe was in your type of situation right. like what are some considerations that you had um i mean well i would my advice would be that it's never too late to, to try anything because you can always fall back on you know if something doesn't work out you can always fall back on what the original plan was um right. so take chances and try because mm -hmm. um, you never know but yeah my concerns were you know what, what is what's my new day going to be like you know can i can i make enough money in that industry is you know other, you know, health concerns, things like that, maybe could come up, and you know what would happen. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things to consider. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. What about your feelings towards your career mm -hmm. at your old place? So my career, it just, it was. I had gone to school. I had gone to college for that. I had gotten my master's degree. Um, I got my MBA, just because basically it was just the next step. A whole and bunch of certs. Yeah, I certifications. Had some, yeah, FINRA licenses that I got. Um, mm -hmm which, you know, are now not being used. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just kind of like the next step, but I was never really passionate about it. Um, I would go in, sit at a desk, 
sit at a computer all day, play with numbers in Excel, talk to you know financial advisors, um, and it was to me it wasn't that hard. It was easy. I was I was cruising, but I didn't love it. Could I've cruised the rest of my life and done that? Sure, but it was like all right. Well, I'd rather be here doing something that I love. So, when did you think about that? Um, so probably not until after we did our perfect day exercise, to be yeah. honest. Um, yeah, because we did this that at a staff meeting. It. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of, I never thought like something, like making a change like that would be possible. I was like, oh, it's, it's too late. Like I've been doing this for so long. This is what I have a degree in. This is what I have licenses in. So I want to just do this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we got to talking and you kind of actually helped me believe that it, it is possible. So we kind of. Thought, out, thought some ideas on how we can make it. You helped me. You helped me get to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, so, and for those who don't know, um, perfect day exercises, per perfect is, is probably too much of a hyperbole. Like, it's more about, like, what would be a great day right. or, or a great week or a great month, great year. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what in your mind do you want to shape your life to be like? Start with a blank slate. You know, what, what does your life look like? And so when you actually get it down on paper and write it down, because I, I had you guys write it yeah, down, right? Yeah, we did. Um, there are things to consider, things like how much do you want to make is kind of an obvious one because um, you need to support a lifestyle that you want. Um, but then it's, you know, what is that lifestyle that you want? What time do you want to wake up? What tasks or things do you want to be doing throughout the day? Um, what kind of family situation do you want to be in? Uh, what kind of travel do you want to do? And so all of these things are kind of like spokes on a wheel, but you got you to gotta figure out a way to mold it in a, in a way that you want. And we have, the, we have the freedom to do that in the United States. Like we, we just live in a very privileged world where, um, or, or environment that we can make these choices. And I think the important part is it, they are choices, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no one was forcing you to stay at your job. I didn't force you to come here either, right? right? Um, I just think some people feel like they don't have a choice when they actually do. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to set yourself up to make whatever leap you, you want to make, mm -hmm. right? Um, so we just talked a lot about details, about, you know, covering that gap and, and all that. Yep. Um, that's something that I had to do when I was making the leap to opening a business. Um, and for some people, it's a leap into the unknown because their, their thought is, well, I'll, I'll make the parachute on my way down, right, after that jump. Right. Um, other people don't want that. They want to be as prepared as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's about, like, what is your level of risk tolerance and, and making that leap. Yep. Um, yeah, it's mo it's mostly coming down to like, how much do you, how much regret do you want to have? Mm -hmm. If you want to call it that, like some people are okay with, you know, kind of leaving this unknown world out there as like a what if scenario, right? Right. Whereas other people are like, no, I need to see what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that I would be. I thought I was one of those people that was just okay. Right. Like being like, eh, this is good enough. Like, I can go on the rest of my life like this. Right. But I, honestly, you helped me um, a lot in going after what I really wanted. And so thanks for that. But you also had to figure out for yourself that you wanted it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, 
because if, if the drive wasn't there or the passion wasn't there, mm -hmm. then it would have been a non-issue. Right. You know, you would have coached your couple classes every week and yeah. that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. Which, for some people, they, they love that. Like, they love the idea that they can coach a few days and but have this other thing going on that, they're, that they really enjoy mm -hmm. or it supports the lifestyle they really want. Right? Right. So, cool. Um, so let's talk about level two. Yes. Okay. Uh, what is the level two? What was the experience like? It was awesome. Um, so it's a it's similar to the level one um, seminar certificate, whatever it is they call yep. it these days. Um, it's a where, CrossFit certification. CrossFit certification, yep. um, where it's a weekend, so it's a Saturday and Sunday all day long from like nine to five, and you go. And in the level one, they teach you basically what is CrossFit. Um, go over the foundational movements, so the presses, the squats, similar to like what we learn, teach people in base camp. Yep. And then level two is more about developing yourself as a coach mm -hmm. on how you teach and see and correct um, athletes. And there's some other things learned in there with how you can demonstrate, presence and attitude, um, manage a group, things like that. So it was really diving in deeper on you as a coach and how you can coach better. Um, so it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. um, I, learn, I learned a lot from it. Um, one of the things, when you, it was funny, when you were talking about um, the perfect day, you said it's not really a perfect day, it's like a great day. Right. One of the things that I learned from level two is don't tell somebody perfect, because nothing is ever perfect. It's good, it's great, it's better. Don't say perfect. Yeah. So that's something I'm working on is... Better um, is a great term. Yep, yeah, better is a great term. If they make change that you want, then or, it is better. Great, but, yep. Yeah. And so this is a weekend course. You spent weekend basically course, almost two full days. Two full days. Um, Basically, it's a lot of interacting, so it's not too much. Um, there's a little bit of lecture where you're mm -hmm. sitting down, taking notes, listening to these phenomenal coaches who are either all um, level three or level four coaches who run the seminar um, from seminar staff, just teach you, and they're amazing to listen to. Um, so there's, there's a lot of that, but most of it is hands-on, out on the floor, coaching other coaches or having them coach you either on a one-on-one -on -one setting, in a group setting, and giving feedback right on the spot on how you did. Um, so it's... What fun. did you have to coach? I coached, so for my so Saturday, we kind of did a little bit of everything, and then I went home with homework to come back prepared on Sunday to mm. go over the sumo deadlift high pull. So that was what I taught my group, was okay. sumo deadlift high pull, which I like that one because there's the progressions to it. Yep. So um, I like something that had the progressions I yep. thought was, was a good one. Which And then, ironically, funny thing is Monday, when I coached Monday morning, we had sumo deadlift high pull in the <laughs> workout, but we did it here with kettlebells yeah. that day. Yep. So I was like, oh, I'm ready for this ready one. Ready to go. <laughs> I can coach sumo deadlift high pull. But what did you learn about yourself um, besides just the, uh, the perfect thing? As a coach? As a coach. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I learned that. So previously, I would try, um, so like big, big feedback that I got, and one of the biggest things was, I try to watch everybody at once. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, you can't really do that. So um, I don't know if members have noticed this recently in the last couple of weeks, but I've, in a way, I've changed how I coach. Mm -hmm. I have them do more reps, and yep. I watch one person at a time. Yep. So that was my biggest piece of feedback. Yep. Yeah, you got to go micro, right? Watching yep. just even like certain body parts mm -hmm. move. Um, like if you're looking for a push press for full hip extension on that, you're only looking at their hips. Yep. Then you got to go macro, yeah. right? Look at the whole body. Uh, it's a zoom and zoom out, but right. it's really hard to do with a big group it, at speed, mm -hmm. like in a in a controlled environment, one on one, or you know when you're at the level two, like everyone knows what, why you're there. Yep. Right. But when you have members in a in a class that mm -hmm. are, you know, looking around and not doing what you're saying right on the, on the spot, yeah. it's not easy, yep. right? 
Um, how did you feel about your aptitude? Um, not that we always want to compare, but I mean, you were amongst many, or not many, but I mean, what, about 20? There other, was 19 of us. There were 19, yep, 19 other coaches yep. and or owners. Yes, some of them were owners. Yeah, so talk about experience levels, yep. how you felt in terms of running a group. Sure, so experience-wise, um, I will admit I was the least experienced coach there out of every single person. Um, how? By pretty far. I, I think I've been coaching for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. It was only last February when I got my level one. Um, so it's been about a year and a half. And there was another girl she had been coaching for about two years. Other than that, the other 17 people were about around the four or five year mark. Um, probably because their level one was about to expire. The level ones were about to expire. And yeah. you kind of either have to redo the level one or get level two at right. that point. Right. Um, some people were there even redoing their level two. Like, I guess they just didn't want to go for level three. Oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I was the number one least experienced person out of everybody. But in my opinion, I don't think anybody would even tell. I thought I coached just as well as everybody else, um, and I felt great about that. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't scared. And I don't think anybody even noticed that yeah. I had just gotten my level one. So when you're thinking about having gone through that and there's those, you know, six components of, of coaching, yep. um, what are things that you're looking at? Let's say you dropped in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, you're you know, you on vacation or something and you dropped in. What are you looking for in a coach yeah. as a member of, of the class? Probably like if out of those six things. Uh, it doesn't have to be just one, but okay. just in general, like, mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes coaches can get caught up in the technical stuff, yep. which is definitely a piece of it. Um, but, and I'm kind of leading you, right? But the idea that it's not just about what you know, right. it's how you're running the group. And exactly. so what are some things that you're looking for? Let's say either our members here that are listening to this or, you know, people, you know, yeah, out of the two people listening to this, like one of them doesn't go here. So... <laughs> What's something, what are things that they should be looking for? Or maybe they're thinking about getting across it, yeah. right? So they go drop in somewhere or, mm -hmm. or what are some things that... I would say um, the attitude of the coach, really. Um, how they're running the class and how they're running the group, how they're interacting with members. Like if you're a drop-in and you walk in that door and nobody says hello to you and there's a coach up there just, you know, ignoring you, then that's not cool. Like mm -hmm. I, basically welcome that person, make them feel, make them feel good. Um, and you know, carry that attitude throughout the whole hour that you're with them. Um, so yep. attitude's a big thing. Yep. Uh, I think it's probably number one to me. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you can, you can teach and correct all you want, but right. make, make somebody, and keep them safe, obviously. Right. But that does, that's not the number one thing. Yep. Yeah, presence and attitude. I feel like, we've said this before, but like, it's not what you know, it's how much you care. Mm -hmm. And so if, you could be a world expert in whatever. Mm -hmm. And some people will go to you and only care about what you know. But for the most part, for most of our folks here, right. it's they're looking to you know forget about work because they just had a hard day at work and they just want to get a, a workout in. Mm -hmm. And it's about the, the full experience. Yes. Right. Um, and a lot of that comes down to personal interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there was a test with the level two as oh, well. Oh, yeah. 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 So there was a test. So at the end of Sunday, I think like four o'clock, mm -hmm. it was, all right, we're done. We're done prepping you. It's time for a test. So um, the level one test is actually a written test. It's A, B, C, D, fill in the blank. I think it's like 40 or 50 questions. Um, and you hand in your, 
like sheet at the end, and mm -hmm. you wait for your results. Level two is actually um, you have to bring your own electronic device to the to the weekends and download a test. Now the test isn't live until they like hit okay. something, yeah. so I couldn't like see the questions or anything in advance. Right. So I had to bring my laptop. Some people had like little iPads, and, but mostly because the uh, the test is a lot of questions on videos. So you're watching a movement video, kind of if anybody's ever taken the judges course, similar to that. Um, uh, watching an athlete move, a coach coach them, and it's a lot of questions on basically what you're saying. Um, some videos are long. Some of them are two minutes long, and you kind of got to look at the question first and look at, yeah, know, you what know what you're looking, looking for, for because yeah. I, you don't have to replay that three times and right. then you just killed six minutes and you only have an hour for this test. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, so yeah, we had our, um, I had my laptop, we had headphones because um, you don't want to have everybody blasting volume. Yep. But, um, yeah, so I... Went through my questions. Um, for the first time ever, I did not sit on each, like if I didn't know it right away, like mm -hmm. some of them I was like, all right, I got this. Some of them it was like, well, it could be two answers. I see, I see three faults, but you're asking for two. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's basically you got it. what's the best answer type yeah. of thing. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So. How did you feel coming out of the test? Not good. And I didn't feel good after my level one either. <laughs> <laughs> I, so they tell you you'll get your results within three to five, no, three to seven, three to seven days. So I'm thinking, okay, by a week from now, I'll just, you know, I'll feel terrible for a week, and then at least I'll know the answer. And Sunday, Sunday the following week came around, and then So nothing. day seven. Yeah, so it's day seven. Right. And I found out my level one on day seven. So it was, okay. I took it on a Sunday. I found out the following Sunday. So you just figured it was going to come So Sunday. I'm like, all right, it hasn't come during the week. And I was checking my, the only time I didn't think about that test was when I was coaching. So for the hours a day that I was actually on the floor coaching, it yeah. was not on my mind because it, I had to be. You had to be Had present. to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to be present, you know, on the floor. Yep. Other than that, I, my phone was in my hand. I was checking it nonstop. I was thinking about it. I was talking about it. Like, it was crazy. But so Sunday rolls around, and I'm like, all right, it's coming today because level one came on a Sunday. Right. All day I'm checking. It's not there. It's not there. Now I'm at the point where I'm just mad. I'm like, all right, come on. Like, they said seven days. Like, you can't do this to people. Especially when you, you know, don't think it's going to be good and you just want to know. And it didn't come. And it didn't come. So, and uh, you had asked me when I saw you in the morning, like, yeah. it didn't come. So um, I'm like, all right. At that point, I was just like, all right. I don't even know what's going on. Like, I'm checking my spam because you just you get an email with the result. Right. That's all it is. Right. Um, and it's pass fail. And it's pass fail. You don't get a great like a numerical score. It came on Monday. I was actually at home. I think I had coached some of the morning classes. Went home for lunch. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there watching the women's World Cup game. You know, on my break, and I was going to come back at night, and just you know randomly just click Gmail, and it was there. And in that like instant. I was watching the game, my heart starts racing. Like it's, <laughs> it was literally like pounding through my chest. My stomach drops, and, and I'm like, and I knew what I had to do. Like, you have to click on, you get an original email. It's not like you open the email. Yeah, and it's the not like it says, like, pass right there, right. pass or fail. Right. Um, you have to, you get in the first email, and I knew just because I had just done this last year, like, it's the same routine. You click it, you get a link, and then that brings you to something you have to sign, like an electronic signature. After you do that, submit it. You got to initial a bunch of spots. Um, you get another email that actually has the results. So I'm like, all right, oh I, I know what I got to do, and I know exactly where I got to look. So I'm like fumbling on my phone, like all by myself, and I'm shaky, and I'm like, all right, LF, LF. I'm like, why is it not submitting? I'm like, oh, I didn't LF right there. And then finally I hit it through. Within like seconds, that second email, it comes right up. Like yeah. they don't, they're not messing around. It right, comes. Right. And I'm like, oh, here it is. And I didn't hesitate. I'm like, I just, I just want to know. Click. And I, I was like, I know, I know where to look because I know what it looks like. Same format, pass. And I was like so relieved. Now you were alone. Because I was by myself, yes. 
did you do you remember? Did you say anything? I just, I, I just was so. I think I just started smiling, and yeah. I couldn't stop smiling because okay. I was so excited yeah. to have passed that. Um, so, yeah, I think I texted Tyler because I wanted him to be the first to know, and yeah. then I slacked all you guys like within seconds after that to to tell you. And then what and did I, you do soon after that? <laughs> the first thing I did, <laughs> so I went into my Kana email and updated my email signature to from L one to L two. <laughs> was the very first thing I did. Hey, yeah. look, I mean, the world's got to know. Yes. So, I was I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah, so, I'm just not a good test taker, and I never I never feel good after tests. So, who knows? Maybe I got like maybe I crushed that test, and it luckily I passed. But maybe I just passed. I don't know. You don't but, know. Um, yeah. Um, and you won't know. I'm happy. I'm happy that I passed. So next up will be level three. That'll be next. Four hour written test. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Studying starts today. Yes. Uh, cool. So. What else do you want to talk about or fill people in on any updates um, or anything you want to revise from part L2. one? I'm trying to think. Part one, uh, breakfast, we already got that. We covered that. I um, just remember afterwards you were, you felt like you were a disaster on it. And then I actually I made it seem like I didn't travel anywhere. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Because you were yeah. like, well, have okay. you ever traveled? And I'm like, well, I went to Italy once, and that was it. Yeah. Did I, mean, I even say I went to Italy once? I think you I may have said know. you went to Italy, okay. but um, you definitely said something like you're a homebody. Or I, well, you, which is true. I am. Like, I like to just kind of Yeah, but it definitely seemed like you didn't Sit really in my travel. house that's nice and clean. Right. Because I like to clean, and everybody knows that. Um, but no, I've traveled to a lot of places. Um, I've been to Italy. I've been skiing in Canada with my family. Um, Tyler and I just went to Florida like last month, maybe. Yep. Um, been to Florida a few times. Been out to San Francisco. Um, are you okay on a plane? Do you, are you okay I'm better flying? now. I never. Yeah. I wasn't before. I wasn't a big um, plane person. Got it. So like a trip out to San Fran was right. not fun for me at the time. But yeah. I've, I don't know. I've just gotten more relaxed. Okay. Um, but I've been to a lot of islands. I've been to Mexico like three times. Tyler and I went there for our honeymoon. Um, been to the Dominican Republic, Jamaica. An island off Mexico or Mexico? Kink, like off of Kink, like near Cancun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want people thinking that you think Mexico is an island. No, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. That's what I meant, like Bahamas, uh, Jamaica, yeah, yeah, something sure. like that. Yeah. I've been like all kinds of like beachy type of vacations. So I've traveled okay. to that kind of like fun stuff. Okay. But yeah, I know in part one I made it seem like I was like, oh, I. I like to just sit at home. Yeah. So, correction <laughs> there. I have been places. Um, How do you feel like you've changed as a person, let's say, 20 years ago? 20 years ago. Wow. Um, so, we won't say how old you were, but like 15, 20 years ago. You know, like, uh-huh. do you feel like you're the same? Do you feel like... No, definitely changed? different. Um, I think... I'm like a more confident person now. I believe that I can do things where before it was just like, oh, I definitely, I know this came up in the part, part one, was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't do a lot of things. But no, I think I'm just confident. Actually, you can. Actually, actually, you can. Yeah. Yes. So we'll flip it that way. Um, but no, like, I think I'm a more confident person. I think I'm a more outgoing person, outspoken. I was very shy. Um, I would just kind of want to be in the back of the crowd. And now, yeah. now I'm in front of people. So I've right. changed that way. Yeah, and I think I feel like we did talk about it in part one, but I always think it's interesting because you and Rachel, I feel like we're similar in the sense of like you were fine being kind of blending in, mm-hmm. and you know some some people might say more introverted, but um, then the role of coaching kind of yeah. made you step up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, is that something that you consciously worked on? No, not really. It just, just it, I knew I had to. Yeah. So I had to force myself, and now it seems a lot more natural. Then. Got it. Yeah. Presence and attitude. Presence and attitude. Cool. Anything else? Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. What's one thing that you want our members to know? About me? Either about you or just even like, hey, guys, like, you got to get deeper on your squat. Or, you well, know? today we have front squats yeah. in the workout. So, okay. yeah, let's get nice and low. Okay. Nice and low in that squat. Cool. Beautiful squat. That's I like what it. I want to say. Sweet. Cool. All right, we're back because we realized that after the last podcast, Fox had a fun fact, a fun story about a tattoo. That's not a story. Well, how you're like dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, figured. you remember that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that wasn't on, we didn't say that on, on live. If you don't want to. No, don't I don't care. To. Okay. No, so I guess a fun fact about me is I have a tattoo. Um, most people do these days, but um, it's on my low back, so maybe you can sometimes see it if my shirt comes up or... And what it is, it's, a, it's an Italian flag, because I actually mentioned earlier in the same podcast that I'm 100% Italian. Um, you don't so, really talk with your hands a lot, though. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got it when I was my freshman year in college, because I thought, like, I just, you know, in high school, I thought, like, tattoos were really cool, but, like, my parents were never going to let me get a tattoo. Like, yeah, now neither you're in college, of them. so now yeah. you're, like, I can do what I want. Now yeah, I'm living away. Mm -hmm. So neither of my parents have tattoos. Um, so... I got a tattoo. I went to South Street in Philadelphia mm -hmm. um, and had it done there. It's real small on my low back. Do you remember flag. the place that you went to? It's called Eddie's. Eddie's, okay. So I don't know, maybe it's still there. You went to Moo Tattoo okay. on South Street. So yeah, I was 18, 17, 18, whatever freshman year in college was. Like, it was the first semester. It was, like, right away. Mm -hmm. So. Um, did you go with friends? I did go with friends. Okay. Did um, they get? I think somebody else got one. Yeah, okay. Uh, like, on their ankle. Right. So first semester of college I go home at Christmas break and I used to dress in just like I looked like a thug I was like baggy clothes sweatpants hanging off me you know what I mean everything was huge so I was laying on the, on our couch at home watching tv because it was Christmas break yep. and I guess my my baggy sweatpants were kind of like coming off or like hanging down a little bit and my dad could see see it so his eyes popped out of his head and he <laughs> points and he comes over to me and that's how he found out that I had this what did he say I, or what was so he was he mad was he, he was so mad that he didn't even have he didn't even know oh what to say oh my god so yeah. he was mad he was mad. it wasn't like he was just surprised right it was more like oh, he wow. said nothing and I knew that was that wasn't good so I think it eventually how long it eventually it? kind of became a joke because okay. now like we my family has a shore house so yeah. um, my parents and my sister like they're down the shore all the time yep. and I go down when I can but like whenever we're on the beach like it's like like oh Lauren's that too like like so everybody knows I have it now right right so. Right. Years but, later. Yeah, it's just okay now. How long did it take him for, for him to, like, talk to you or, like, you know? Not too long, but it was initial, like, like not even, like, yelling. It was more like, I'm just going to say nothing. Right. Uh, what was your mom's reaction? I think she thought it was cool. I think she secretly thought it was cool <laughs> because, but she had to act like she was mad. Because, right, because she's mom. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, she can be cool. Yeah. Yeah, she just tries to hide it. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to get that documented because, okay. yeah, I think last time we talked about it after we stopped the recording. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hey folks, thanks again for listening to Cross Econa Radio. 
If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFitKana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day. 